I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Accessible Theology. Michael and I thought that it would be wise for us to take some time to prepare for our next series, which will be the seven I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And as we do that, we we didn't want to have to rush to release our episodes every week. We wanted to have some time to prepare uh, and study so that we could have some good information to share with you. Uh, So in order for us to do that, we're going to take a little bit of a break from releasing new episodes, but we didn't want to release nothing. So uh, we're going to go back into the archives, some of our previously unreleased episodes or episodes that we thought uh, were were good and good enough to re-release so that you could hear them again, maybe, uh, so that we would be able to take that time to prepare and to study and be ready for the uh, Great I Am series. Uh, And so we're looking forward to that series and wanted you to uh, have something to listen to from Accessible Theology. Uh, And so that is what you will be hearing uh, in the episode that you're about to listen to. It's one of the first episodes that we recorded, and it is Michael in our three-minute theology segment explaining what the gospel is. So we look forward to uh, hearing your thoughts on this episode, and we're thankful that you take the time to listen. So without further ado, we'll jump right on in to Michael explaining the gospel. Now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preach to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold to the message I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. This is the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 5, and herein the Apostle lays out for us the gospel that he declares. Now, we want to consider first what the word gospel means and then uh, unpack the text a little bit. Um, First, the word gospel that Paul uses here is euangelion. Uh, The word is a compound word, you meaning good, and then angelion, which means announcement. And so primarily what Paul is saying is that the gospel is an announcement of good tidings great joy for all people, and it is centered on the person and work of Jesus, as we see in this text. Yeah, and the gospel being something that is an announcement, we see it straight from the text, uh, how many different times where Paul says, I preached to you uh, in verse 1. He says it again in verse 2. And then he also says that he delivered this message to the church at Corinth. And this is something that um, that we are announcing to the world, mm-hmm. the world that is in need of salvation. And so this is a crucial message, a crucial topic for us to even uh, consider here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Yeah, and notice, I mean, um, as Zaren pointed out, he begins by saying, that this was of first importance or most important that to the apostle Paul, if you get the gospel wrong, Mm. you get everything wrong. Like Paul is strong even elsewhere in scripture in Galatians, where he says that if you preach another gospel, you are anathema. You should be condemned to hell. Even if an angel preaches this. So 
Paul is fundamentally a gospel man. He has called by the gospel, commissioned to preach the gospel, and he ruthlessly and relentlessly was committed to the message being maintained in accordance with reality, that you cannot play fast and loose with this message. And notice how Paul says that this good news that they have received that they stand it, they take mm. their stand in it, he says. In other words, this gospel message is the foundation that the church stands on. Yeah. More than anything else, this is the uh, founding cornerstone, is the good news of Jesus. So if, if this is something that we are to be built upon, it's something that is the foundation for the church, we should probably consider what exactly the gospel is. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it seems to be that in this passage, Paul lays out a couple particular things that must be included within this message of the gospel. So, so Michael can, I mean, in this text, what do we see that that um, that must be a part of the message that mm-hmm. we are to preach? Yeah, first we see that Christ died for our sins, mm. according to the scriptures. And this, according to the scriptures, is something he he's alluding to that happened back in the Old Testament, that the, that the sacrificial system of the Old Testament spoke of the coming Christ. So in the Old Testament, the Israelites would sacrifice animals in such a way that would demonstrate uh, that this animal is a substitute for their sin, that they would that would uh, in some way expiate or remove or cleanse them from sin. But it wasn't the animal itself that removed sin. It was that they that God, they were believing God's word that one day their sin will be finally dealt with, and Jesus is the final one. He's the as Hebrews talks about, no more sacrifices need to happen because Jesus died yeah. for our sins. So fun, fundamentally. The good news is that Jesus was punished yep. on our behalf, that he bore the punishment we deserve, and he uh, died in our place according to the scriptures. And next we see that he was buried. So we don't believe in the swoon theory or anything crazy <laughs> like that. Jesus didn't just swoon on the cross, yeah, yeah. as maybe even a Muslim person would try to say. But right. Jesus died. The the uh, person, the human Christ died. Mm -hmm. And three days later, it says, was raised again, according to the scriptures. And when it says according to the scriptures there, it's pointing to how in the Old Testament, it's regularly alluded to that on the third day, restoration happens. This happens all over the Old Testament. And so it's pointing to the reality that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament scriptures, that he died and it was buried. And when he came back to life, that he fulfilled Uh, the full justification needed for the Christian, that Mm -hmm. Jesus in and of himself completes the work that uh, we were alienated from God. Mm -hmm. And so part of the reason that we can call this good news is because we know there's bad news, right? That Mm -hmm. uh, Adam sinned um, back in Genesis uh, 3. And in Genesis 3.15, we have what's called the proto-evangelium, which is the, you know, the first preaching of the gospel message that we went on where God promises that the son, um, the son of the woman would crush the seed of the serpent. And we see that Jesus fulfills that, that Jesus um, is the good news, that it culminates on him, that he lives the perfect life, that he dies in the place of all who would believe in him, and that he raises for their justification so they can stand reconciled before a holy God.
Yeah, so we see a, a real death, a real burial, and a real resurrection. And, and that is to be the foundation of the message, the, the church the, that, that we are proclaiming. Um, and so as, as we kind of think about this even a little bit more, uh, why, why does this matter? And, and why do these things, why must they be a part of the message that we are to proclaim to the world? Yeah, if there is no death of Christ for sin, if there is no resurrection of Christ for justification, there is no hope and there is nothing good. Um, one theologian once uh, said that if, if Christ is not raised, nothing matters. And if Christ is not raised, nothing else matters. And what he's getting at there is this reality that... Um, the cross and the work of Jesus Christ is the center point of human history. And it is itself the very crux of the good news that God has in restoring us to himself. And so as a church, this is the message we are given. As Paul tells uh, the young pastors, he trained Timothy. He says, you need to guard the good deposit of this gospel message. You're to hold to that pattern of words that you have received. And this message is the very crux of what we as a church stand upon. So when we think about what the good news is, we are a people of the good news. That's one of the reasons we are called evangelicals, right. is that we are a people that carry with us the persona that we are bearers of this good news because we have received it and we stand on it. And now we are commissioned to share it. So the reason this message matters is because it is in this message that we find hope that we find the fulfillment of God's plan to redeem us and to restore us uh, to himself. Absolutely. And uh, the proper response to the message of this gospel is, uh, well, faith and repentance, but, but for the believer, we are to worship God for what he has done in saving us in Christ. Uh, and so hopefully you are encouraged by, um, by the, Understanding the, understanding the gospel more clearly. Um, and that is what we hope to do. We um, hope to make theology accessible. We want to understand uh, God's word uh, in a more clear manner uh, so that we can uh, live our lives to glorify him and to worship him. Uh, so thanks for listening. And until next time, love God, know truth and live accordingly.